Welcome to You'll Die Trying. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nathan. This is episode 87. It is. Brent, take us away. Have you uh, have you recovered from the fact that you've lost two nights worth of sleep because of our technological difficulties? I've recovered. I'm watching the the audio as it records to make sure that it keeps doing it. Hey, the hard drives, the old ones on the on the desk there. When we were recording episode 86 about the psychology of sales, <laughs> our uh, computer hard drive froze at a minute. I think 28. 28. And, and some change. 22. I think it was like 28, 22. As a result, Master Magician and the true owner of Oz, Brent Lane, mm-hmm. was able to uh, to send us out appropriately. But it was noticeable to you, if you were a listener, uh, that we didn't do our typical send-off. And as a result of that, we're sorry. But it was a hard drive failure. Literally, it was thermonuclear failure. It messed up. Special thanks to Matt at Fast Tech, and he came and picked up the iMac, and then he uh, overnighted a solid-state drive, and they suction-cupped the screens off and did whatever they did, and they had it back the following morning. And then I spent literally all day yesterday installing all the new software. Well, thank you. All of our listeners, thank you for yes. putting the time in, because now we're able to sound crisp and clear again, yeah. and our computer is... It's it's still working right it now. It actually is. A if minute, we see a pinwheel, seconds. I quit. <laughs> I do t- if... This is the last episode of You'll Die Trying if that pinwheels. 100%. I support you 100%. So sometimes things in life break. Like my heart. Does your heart break? Um, not anymore. Have I to. ever broken your heart? No. Of course Good. not, no. You know, heartbreak is one of those things where you have to be, uh, first of all, I have to allow that to happen, A. B, I have to be pretty deep into it and things need to be pretty far gone for me to experience heartbreak. <laughs> you and me are such a mess. We're, we're mess. Mess. Life is messy. Yeah, it is. It's gross. In like a good way, like messy gross, not like disgusting, like, yeah. Tell us what today's episode is about. Today's episode uh, uh, for sure is going to be about not caring one bit about what someone thinks. So this is a theme uh, that we have definitely danced around, tiptoed around, so spoken to and through. And yet, I find it is one of the most common maladies of our times, psychologically and emotionally speaking. I think we are in a pandemic of fearing what other people think. And in large part, it's because of our pseudo-connectivity as a result of social media. Think about the days, like the little house on the prairie days, when all you saw, you might have seen the pharmacist once every two years when your wagon could get there. And you might see, you know, your grandma, uh, because she lives in the the little out, I don't know, not outhouse, but she lives next door. Maybe she might even your be in the same. Your grandma does not live in the outhouse, yeah. She, no, yeah, she probably, did. no, she doesn't. She, she lives actually probably right in the room next to you. 
Actually, it's like one small little log cabin that's just all open. Is this what we're envisioning? Are we Swiss Family Robinsoning this? Yeah. Well, my point was just that it just we just had our family and we had the pharmacist and maybe the town. You know, I'm going to start saying to Joy when I'm having to run an errand, I'm I'm going into town. I'm going to take like a big blanket and a picnic basket, like on a little house on the prairie. Yeah, and be Michael gone. Landon, man, that guy had some serious '80s swag. He did. That's a swaggerish guy yeah. right there. And then whenever you say you're going into town, you spend the entire day gone. Yeah. And you come back at nightfall carrying that, a lantern. If not the next day. Oh, an oil lantern is what I was hoping. Yeah. By night sky, the stars are. Anyway, you you had no connection other than your family, so you knew where your family stood and. Yeah, now your pseudo-connectivity is you're seeing all these people and all these things and on social media. And right now, obviously, it's uh, let's just, just you know, let's just throw it out there. You, it's, it's summer, so it's definitely bathing suit weather. Mm-hmm. And you have all these people posting shirts off, bikini or, you know. Oh, it's just awful. It's just one piece. Have you everywhere. seen my feed? That's all my Instagram feed it's is. Really... By the way, if you haven't followed me on Instagram, send that request I think that you're worthy of seeing my topless pictures, which basically populate the entirety of my feed. It's wild. I'll accept your request. Oh, so you didn't give your Insta handle though. Uh, I don't really know it. <laughs> it's silly. I'm pretty sure it's like Jonathan Carroll 2100. I'm gonna know look what this it is. up. I don't know what it is. So, uh, oh, oh, my point is Jonathan Eric Carroll 2100. Come on, be a part of the party. Yeah. Join in. Follow him and Only follow... Only the cool kids do it. That's true. I follow him. You do. I, I just think people worry too much about what other people think to the point where it, it can either... It can literally physically make you ill or mentally make you ill or all the above. Do you remember, those of you who have followed along our podcast, just by the way, I was talking to one of our listeners uh, earlier today who is trying to kind of catch up and... Uh, Another listener was talking to that person, and they were like, well, I'm caught up, and it's depressing. It's depressing because I have to wait now for Tuesdays and Fridays. Isn't Aww, that so cool? I get that awesome. feeling you know, when you're watching something that streams on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, and you're caught up, and you're like, really? I've got to wait for them to release? That's ridiculous. Like, There should be infinite content that's just at my disposal. So I think you and I need to commit to doing several kind of marathon recordings get 40, 50, 60 episodes in the can and people can listen anytime they want, <laughs> not wait for them to drop. But one person said, well, I, I don't always listen to them back to back. I listen to them based on kind of what the subject is or the topic or the title. And, and I said, oh, that's fine. They're not episodic. It, we don't, we're not building right. you know, based on last episode's character development and now Johnny might leave Sheila, but Sheila what knows that. What if we that, did that? Yeah, I think Talk they'd, about writing. they'd call us a soap opera. That's what that would be. Yeah, they would. Soap broadcast. That, like that? I did. I did like that. Do you remember? But anyway, my, my point in that was for people who have listened before early on, do you remember Lao Tzu? I do. You remember that because... I was calling her Lao Tzu. And you brought it up again later in another episode and you pronounced it absolutely correctly. And you were like, oh my gosh, it's Lao Tzu. Because you remember Lao Tzu. Well... Lao Tzu has a wonderful word to say about caring what other people think, which is ultimately what this episode is about. Care about people's approval, and you'll always be their prisoner. Unpack that for us, Nathan, would you? 
My gosh, you are totally at the mercy of people's thoughts if you just give them that power. Meaning, it's if they don't all like about you, power. It's if all you about don't like, if they don't like something that you did, uh, and you are holding on to their every word or thought, then you are you are doomed. You are absolutely doomed. I have no responsibility to live up to what other people think I should accomplish. I have no responsibility to be what anyone expects me to be. That is their mistake. That is not my failure. I think it's really important that people recognize that. I bear no sense of obligation because of what somebody else expects or wants of me. And while people are expecting and wanting things of me, what are they missing, right? So if I'm looking out of a window on my left, what might I miss going on in the window on my right? All the fire trucks that go. They always go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my point there is, I don't remember my point. My point is, I don't remember my point. I don't know where you're going with it, but it sounded beautiful. I was going somewhere, that's for sure. <laughs> I want to be in your mind right now. Me too. Are you swimming? Is it like there are little guys there. swimming? And this, is, this is how this day has been for me. Hey, you were talking about Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon. Do you want to see this? It's totally switching gears. DirecTV, the current subscription, includes no extras and movie channels, four screens, $132.06 a month. Hulu, $5.99 a month. Showtime add-on, $10.99. HBO add-on, $14.99. And Netflix, $15.99 for four screens. That all totals $47.96 to watch whatever you want, whenever you want, no commercials, no anything. And DirecTV constantly raising their prices to $132.06 with no add-ons. Wow. Chew on that a little bit, guys and guys. DirecTV is stupid. It is so dumb. Because as soon as we have overcast, it's like I detect no satellite. <laughs> there is no satellite I available. remember what I was going to say. Okay. Looking if I'm out looking out this window, I'm missing what's on my right. If someone else is expecting something of me, what are they missing because they're focusing on me rather than on themselves? The fire trucks. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage people to shift your gaze, shift your focus away from what you want of other people and use that energy, use that focus, use that gaze on oneself. Remember we talked once about David Goggins. Mm -hmm. We've talked more than once. This guy's incredible. His Instagram feed is crazy, and it is full of topless pictures. I was himself. just saying the same thing. He is literally always topless. Because he is made 100% out of marble. <laughs> and I don't recommend it because I don't want to recommend something because there's a lot of profanity. I mean, he uses profanity exclusively. I've never seen someone piece together an entire sentence with subject verbs, predicates, adjectives, and adverbs all out of cuss words. <laughs> um, it, it's poetic. But anyway, he is very motivating, right? And one of the things that uh, David Goggins uh, is good about is reminding us that we are chiefly responsible for ourselves. We have 100% obligation to work on ourselves and no one else. And when he was growing up, after he had lied to his mother about school, and she had discovered that he was not doing well, he was failing. She came down on him hard, even though he felt like she was absentee in his life. And he would get up in the morning and wipe the fog off of the mirror in the bathroom and do what I think he would say, he would call uh, self-talk or mirror talk or something. But he would basically just build himself up in the mirror, in the bathroom every morning he would let himself know what, how he had let himself down, what decisions he had made that weren't honoring of himself, 
what he knew he could do, but that he was too weak mentally to even do it, what today he was going to do to compensate for that, to make up for it and go farther. He just, he basically became master of his own mind in high school. Now, he took a break, took a breach from that, ended up not being very healthy, and, and we've talked about his story before, and he ended up being one of the most powerful Navy SEALs ever, world record holder in chin-ups, pull-ups, um, 17,000 uh, in a 24-hour period, I think, <laughs> listening only to the eye of the tiger over and over. Is this real? Yes, it's a true story. Visit his topless Instagram feed. You'll see all this stuff. <laughs> Nonetheless, mirror work. How powerful would it be if instead of asking ourselves what somebody else should be doing and being disappointed because they're not doing what we think they should or having an opinion about what someone's wearing, what kind of job they're getting, whether or not they decide to keep that job, whether or not they want to go on that trip, whether or not they want to marry that person, what of any of that has to do with me? Yeah. And where is my power? What do I have control over? Only me. So if all of my focus and energy has nothing to do with me and all of my power is only about me, what am I doing? I'm at a net zero. Net zero. You're doing nothing. I'm literally doing nothing. I am a parasite on this beautiful sphere's existence. I'm not contributing in any way to the betterment of life lived on the planet. And I don't think that's our call. I think our call is toward tribe, toward community making, toward peace. I think our call is to self-improvement and, and, and betterment. And I can't do any of that if all I'm doing is focused on focusing on what somebody else isn't doing. What's a baby step that people can take? Someone can take. You walk into a restaurant downtown and you're going in and you see this huge crowd of people. Well, obviously, if you're worried about what people are thinking of you... Uh, you're probably going to be nervous to have gone into that crowd anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So right. let's say that you make it to the seat and you're sitting down and you're looking around at a table full of women who are excited because they probably have the night out away from their husbands, significant others, whatever, and you know there's probably some that are being loud and then that's whenever we can get Judgy McJudgerson towards them. What can we do? What are some small steps that one can take so that they stop worried about other people? Number one, push pause. I like that. Because... We are such reactive creatures. Always. And we tend to do and say and think things that aren't at our best interest and aren't for our best if we haven't thought about it. We, are, we, we rely on instinct. We rely on that lizard brain, that monkey mind, that frontal lobe that, that only really demands of us the four Fs. Feeding, fighting for survival, fleeing, and reproduction. Those are the only things that our monkey mind do for us. So if we pause and we breathe and we reflect, that's number one, number two, and number three. We bypass that system, that very primeval system that says do what you can to survive. And we remember, wait a minute, we're human beings. There's not a tiger chasing us in the jungle. I don't need to have a particular opinion or uh, I don't have to say anything about something that I don't want to. And I really want to focus only on what's right and good for me. I want to build people up. I don't want to tear them down. I want to participate in community that is edifying, that is supportive, that is encouraging. I don't want to talk about the mistakes that people have made. I don't want to focus on how people have made fools of themselves because, by God, we've all made mistakes and we all make fools of ourselves. And where are we getting in our 
journey forward by circling around other people's mistakes? Are we not better than than the birds that, that fly in the sky in circles over the carcasses in the desert? Aren't we better than that? Or are we just going in circles looking for dead meat? So pause, yeah. reflect, breathe. But don't reproduce in the restaurant. And may, it's generally frowned upon. Yeah. Can ask Rick Patino about that. But I think you should probably um, make a decision then and there. Who do I want to be? And this is a lot of this work is 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 balcony work. Ron Heifetz uh, is a systems thinker in a book he calls um, balcony work. What you do when you take you get some perspective, you get some objectivity. You look down kind of on the dance floor that is your working living space, and you see how the parts and the people are moving and interacting. And by that vantage point, you're able to see. Oh, I I can see what's happening. I think I need to go here, here, and there. And he goes down back on the floor and he makes those moves and he goes back in the balcony. So this is all, of course, mental work, reflective work, where you go in the balcony, look down on your own life and find out what moves you're making and where you think you need to go next. That stuff needs to happen before you get into that restaurant for girls' night. That needs to happen before you get into the pharmacy and you run into someone who's going to talk terribly about somebody that you both mutually know. That work of solidifying self, stabilizing one's own uh, ability to think and feel and and deciding on who you want to be, that has to happen first. And then when you go in those spaces, it, you're not even tempted. You're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that about you. I'd like to talk about this or let's talk about this or how is your mom? Or And you just do a gentle deflection. You know, you're not going to become judgy about their judginess. Right. You're just going to deflect and talk about something else. And if it doesn't work, it's, you know, it's been really nice to see you. I wish we had more time to catch up. Uh, my schedule simply won't allow it. So let me take my leave. I hope to see you again soon. And you're off. Yeah, I sure would like to. Sure wish we could hang out again, but I just don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> just don't. like Phoebe and friends. Yes. Can you help us move? Oh, I wish I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> I love her. She's my spirit animal. She's such a goob. Eleanor Roosevelt said that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Mm. God. I think people really underestimate how much power we have and how much power we give away. I wish we all had um, like the little battery indicator that we have on the top right-hand corner for iPhone users. Oh and my gosh. Everybody else who uses that stone tablet and that stick, what they call Androids or something, um, whatever the battery indicator is, I wish we had one of those that indicates like how much power we have. I think it would be a lot more responsive to that. And like if we had it at the top right-hand of my glasses, no one could see it, but 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 I. And so I'm looking at you and I'm talking to you and you're saying something to me and I'm feeling like hurt by what you're saying. Yeah, you big dummy. And the battery indicator just starts dropping and it becomes red. And it's like, oh, you've just totally given your power to the person you're talking to. And then you're like, you know what? I totally respect where you're coming from on that. And if I were in your shoes, I'd probably think the same thing. But, you know, I'm in a different place. I have a little bit different opinion. All of a sudden, the battery indicator goes back to green and your battery's full. You've just reclaimed your power. That would be so fantastic if we could somehow see visually in front of us when we give people's power away and make the decision. I mean, when we give our power away to other people and make the decision not to do that as often. I promise you we'd be healthier people. Yeah. I'm going to sit here right now and steal all your power. I'm going to talk poorly of you until you start to feel bad about yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank well, you. we just ran into a lot of that here the past few days. Just even myself. I mean, you you find yourself being like, dang, I... I I wonder what they think. I think I'm a little bit more in tune or, or 
I, I know I'm in tune to a point where if I see or feel myself going that way, then I kind of grab and I kind of take it back and command it again because, you know, it might sting for a minute, but I do not allow for, I do not allow for someone or something to steal my joy. That's good. That's powerful. I wish we all could say that. You do a good job of that. Well, I mean, I think like anybody else, I have my moments, but I think there are other moments too when it, it does impact me. It impacts me more than I wish it would, but yeah. that gives me food for thought. That gives me a time to like, think, okay, when I have a moment, I need to reflect on that. And I do. I take that pretty seriously. I like to do that early in the mornings when I have some time. I, I do like to think about where are my losses? Where were my convictions uh, moved backwards? Where did my boundaries fall? Where was I pushed in a place where I wouldn't like, why did I do that? Why did I, like Pink sings, why do I do that? Why do I do that? Why do I do that? Three times she says it. Hmm. In the Hebrew scriptures, as some people call the Old Testament or more historically accurate, the First Testament, um, if you say something three times, it is considered to be highly emphasized. Holy, holy, holy means that's the highest superlative. It's the best of the best. So when Pink sings, why do I do that? Why do I do that? Why? It's like, that's the highest superlative. That's, wow. that's the existential question of a lifetime. And in marketing. Why do I do that? That's what they, they steal from that. I think it takes three times to remember something or something, right? Three different times of hearing, oh, yeah. hearing seeing. Well, sometimes seven. Seven. And, and interestingly that you bring that up because seven is considered kind of the number for perfection. Uh, and so somebody asked me recently, Joy's cousin asked me recently, like, do, what's the significance of 21? Like there's 20, the age of 21, there's 21, the card game. The, 21 appears in a lot of places. And seven is the number of perfection. And three is the highest superlative. Holy, holy, holy. Seven, seven, seven. It's 21. Interesting, huh? There are a lot of people that study those kinds of connections, aren't there? Yeah, symbology and numerology. Yeah, it's very fascinating. Now, I'm 34. You're? I'll be 44. So on you're 43. Upcoming. I'm, well, I've actually, no, I'm, I'm concluding my 44th year. Because when I turn 44, I'm actually starting my 45th year. Because you start at zero. Yeah, that's Joy, true. And she will absolutely skip that section of the podcast because she hates when I say that. Sorry. But when you say happy birthday, oh, you're 34, congrats, you've now started your 35th year because you've finished 34 years. <laughs> so I, I love I've, it. I've finished 44. I want to uh, bring up something. A friend of ours, I'm actually going to write about this. I have to do it tonight. For yeah, you better. My column, yeah. Uh, but a friend of ours, Joy's and mine, had brought a song to my attention uh, that is sung by the Avit or Abbott brothers. And it's a song that has, uh, that has a huge appeal for me. So I want to tell you a little bit about it. And then I want to ask you to reflect on some of your most beloved lyrics of songs that you've heard in your life. So maybe while I'm talking, you can do what you totally, usually do, which is kind of totally pay attention. Yeah. yeah. And yep. think about that. And I'll, I'll just, I'll yep. talk to, to, um, our listener. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. The one person, <laughs> Um, the song is called uh, No Hard Feelings, and it's, it's really beautiful, um, a, a sampling of the, of the opening text of the lyrics. When my body won't hold me anymore and it finally lets me free, will I be ready? 
When my feet won't walk another mile and my lips give their last kiss goodbye, will my hands be steady? When I lay down my fears, my hopes, and my doubts, the rings on my fingers and the keys to my house with no hard feelings. That is like I have chills. Um, and I know that I do, I do admit that I have a tendency to be drawn towards songs that are a little bit sadder, so I'm not going to focus on that. But this is just a really good song because of the no hard feelings. The, the, the little kind of chorus is, the Lord knows they haven't done much good for anyone. Uh, they've kept me afraid and cold with so much to have and hold. No hard feelings. And it ends with a four-time refrain, I have no enemies. So our friend went to see the Avit brothers in Denver at the Red Rock Amphitheater, uh, an outdoor amphitheater surrounded by the Rockies, supposedly. I mean, I saw pictures. They're gorgeous. And they sang this song as the finale at both of the two concerts that they did back-to-back, which, by the way, they have different sets. But this song ended both of them. Uh And they're just singing, I have no enemies over and over at the end. And you can hear in the video that our friend took, you can hear the crowd singing, I have no enemies. It's like holy. That's so powerful. No hard feelings toward others, toward self, because they haven't done much good for anyone, but leave us cold and feeling alone. I have no enemies. I think letting go of caring, fearing, worrying about what other people think about us allows us to let go of all the hard feelings that we carry because ultimately I think we criticize others and criticize ourselves because we fear that they are doing it too. Somebody said once we wouldn't worry so much about what people think of us if we knew how little they actually do. People just aren't, they're not thinking about us. And we're all, we're all just trying to make it. Isn't that kind of egotistical it. to think that they're thinking about it us? Is. Yeah. It is. And when they are, how small. How small. I think about other people that, that are not like friends, like you or, you know, my friendships. I think about other people that mean, I don't mean to sound negative or hateful, nothing in my life, you know, that don't have, that don't bear any weight. I, literally maybe one minute a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. I understand. I try to train my thinking, to focus my thinking on things and areas and subjects, topics, ideas that I I know I need and want to think about. Mm. So that when you have a trained mind, and I'm not saying I have a trained mind, I'm trying to have a trained mind. I think when someone does have a trained mind, they're able to organize their thinking. They realize that there isn't room for that other stuff. It's just like I was talking to a client today about, you know, overwhelm and feeling like they didn't have any control over their schedule. And she was telling me all these things that she has to do uh, by a deadline, which happens to be in, in three days. And I, I asked her to kind of tell me all the things that she had to do. And it kind of boiled down to, I didn't say this, but it was like, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. And my real question is like, why would you eat an elephant? But the whole point of it is it's a very large thing and you have to do one thing at a time. So she, I asked her just as a, as a practice in the session, like, Let's talk about what you could do to accomplish all of that in three days if you were to break each one of those massive things down into the little tasks that each of those comprise. And how much time do you think each of those would do? And so as she did it, she realized she has a lot more time than she thought. She just hadn't organized her thinking. Her mind had gone off the rails. 
She was in the world of anxiety and worry, not in the world of, I can control how I think about this. I need to organize how I think about this. And then I need to organize what I want to do. She just hadn't gotten there yet. And because I wasn't in it and I didn't have that deadline, all I had to do was just quickly shine a light and and turn it off. And she was, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. All I got to do is figure out what is my next step and then what's the step after that. And that each step is going to take me two hours and I have... 10 hours and I can do four things that leaves me two hours extra. Perfect. You know, I've got this. It's just a matter of changing how you think, training your thinking and organizing your thoughts. You're like kind of smart and stuff. No hard feelings. Yeah, no hard Don't feelings. Don't worry about what people Mm-mm. think and organize your thinking. Mm-mm. Take a break, pause, breathe, reflect, and decide who you want to be and go be it. That's another great Abbott Brothers line. Decide who you want to be and go be it. How about you? What are some of your favorite lyrics? I just pulled up Fix You by Coldplay. Oh my gosh. That song makes me cry. I, yeah, I love watching. There's a live performance of it on YouTube. Oh. And I love watching this particular one. Anyway, I just. Have you seen the video? Yeah. Which is is performed at a live concert. Is that the one you're talking talking about? about where the light and they're swinging that light? Yeah. It's where he, he's all, he's out on a run. He's on a run in the middle of a city. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Chris uh, Martin. He's running through a city, and the song is going. You know, he's just running. You don't know what the heck's happening. He's just running, and it starts to get dark, and he's still running. And then as it builds up, he comes up running upstairs, and the instruments are building, and he runs up, and he ends up on this huge stage, and there are tens of thousands of people. And it goes into tears stream down your face. Yeah, I love this. When song. you lose something, when you try your best but you don't succeed, when you get what you want but not what you need, when you feel so tired but you can't sleep, stuck in reverse. When the tears come streaming down your face, and you lose something you can't replace. When you love someone but it goes to waste, mm. could it be worse? That is gorgeous. Lights will guide you home and ignite your bones, and mm. I will try to fix you. I think that's what we're. You know, that's what this whole podcast is about. That's why we exist is and not to, to, to try to fix people, but to be better for yourself and for others so that they can kind of, you know, it's the ripple. It's the ripple effect. Joy and I are going in October to see Ray LaMontagne. He has some beautiful lyrics too. I'm going to read some of my favorites for okay. us. It's from the song called Empty. She lifts her skirt up to her knees walks through the garden rows with her bare feet, laughing. I never learn to count my blessings. I choose instead to dwell in my disasters. He says, I walk on down the hill through grass grown tall and brown, and still it's hard somehow to let go of my pain. On past the busted back of that old and rusted Cadillac that sinks into this field collecting rain. (laughs) <laughs> Jeez, Ray LaMontagne. Can you believe that? That is awesome. And of these cutthroat busted sunsets, these cold and damp white mornings, I have grown weary. If through my cracked and dusty dime store lips I spoke these words out loud, would no one hear me? And here's the best one. Lay your blouse across the chair and let fall the flowers from your hair and kiss me with that country mouth so plain. Outside, the rain is tapping on the leaves. To me, it sounds like they're applauding us, the quiet love we've made. That is poetry. That is poetry. Will I always feel this way, so empty and so estranged? 
that's ultimately what that song is about, the feeling of emptiness and loss. This has been really fun to, to talk about this. If you are giving people power, take it back. Command it back. Yeah. And journal. Write it down. Organize your thoughts, and you never know. A song might be what comes of it. Look forward to uh, talking to you and hopefully hearing from you. Send us your favorite lyrics, anything else you'd like for us to talk about. Look forward to, uh, to next time. I'm Jonathan Carroll. I'm Nathan Morris. This is You'll Die Trying.